0: coffee with the docs. We are a holistic lifestyle podcast where we give integrative solutions and bring brilliant experts to help you thrive mind, body, and spirit. We are doctors, Nicole Huffman and Abby Kramer, and we're so happy you're here. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're super excited that you're joining us again today. Hello, hello. So Doctors Nicole and Abby here. And we're super excited because today we've got a big episode with Dr. Abby.
1: Yep, we got a lot of info for you guys about all about labor and delivery. Here we go. Yeah so here we go um let's start
0: first with abby what is it that you're cozying up to today while recording
1: i have a blueberry flavored coffee which is amazing with some oat milk i'm really i've like switched it up lately i've been a long time almond milk girl and now i'm going oat milk
0: a long time almond. I think I'm still on that train. Like I was thinking about this the other day. I'm pretty straight up almond with a little macadamia. Yeah. Pretty committed.
1: Macadamia. Long term
0: relationship. Yeah. But the macadamia nut milk is like, it's coming in as a close second. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay. How about you?
0: Yeah. I'm doing, um, some purity coffee caffeinated with a little half and half with the bulletproof decaf. I'm also on a new train today, the Vital Proteins Vanilla Creamer. Ooh, I mean, I gotta try that. It's legit. So the doctor I work with, Dr. Jill, she is really on it, and so I tried it the other day at the office and was like, um, "All right, I will be incorporating this." Right. It you just know, is like super clean ingredients. It's not like a whole bunch of like weird flavors and yeah.
1: You know, and like gums and binders and all that stuff,
0: right? And yeah. I feel
1: like collagen
0: is a super important thing, right? So,
1: who couldn't use more collagen? Apparently,
0: Mark Sisson of Mark's Daily Apple considers it the fourth nutrient. Oh, I know. So, like, there's fat, wow, protein, carbs, like,
1: it's the macros, collagen. and then collagen is in its own category
0: right it's like it's fourth essential nutrient or something i'm like wow i mean it's legit yeah so trying to incorporate that when i can and then splash of macadamia
1: nut milk right your drinks always have at least four ingredients i feel like they're always (laughs) so complicated (laughs) like no big deal okay oh
0: my gosh wait for the fifth i did a little bit of mct oil in there i forgot
1: all right we're at five guys
0: yeah we're recording no one a little has time for earlier, that my time zone today on a monday and i just had guests in town all weekend which was super fun but you know it was like all right i need a little extra mm, had to go right. for a little run this morning you know
1: needed to be a little fancy right i okay. mean i get it yeah
0: totally.
1: what's your talk- biohack oh,
0: okay i'll go first
1: so this is an old
0: one But I remembered the importance of it this morning. Okay. So I sleep with earplugs every night. It started off by sleeping with earplugs because Matt used to snore. And his health has improved drastically and he doesn't snore anymore. But I just got in the habit of using them. So even if he's not there, I still sleep with earplugs in. Well, this morning, Matt told me that both the dogs were super... Ornery, that's not how you say the word, ornery. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they were like barking and yeah. up until like 11. And I had no clue. That's awesome. Yeah. So I feel like it's just a re, you know, it's new for all of you guys, but for me, it's been like a couple of years now. But I just feel like it makes a big difference because your brain, you know, is very alert to things that are going on even when you're sleeping. So if you can. Keep your room super dark, mm-hmm. nice and cool, and the sound. Quiet. Yeah,
1: then I feel like. I love like... that. And I like those
0: waxy ones.
1: Yeah, that like mold to your ear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I cannot, I don't know what this is. I can absolutely not handle something in my ear. It like really? wigs me out. Maybe Like I when to... you're sleeping or yes. like. Yes, no, I can't. Not happening. Oh, so the way I've gotten around that is like white noise, like a sound machine, I think has a similar effect. Probably doesn't black out the noise as much as like having an earplug in, but right. I know it definitely benefits Quinn. Uh, my dog, oh, like yeah. having a sound machine in her room is amazing. Like the dog's bark or whatever, like she has no clue.
0: Wow, you ready for this? Yeah. Currently we have an air conditioner unit in our... Room because we have a swamp cooler in our house which generally speaking works great but i like to right. sleep with it super cold a fan and a ceiling fan yes. and the earplugs
1: amazing you got it all basically okay. in a womb
0: when right. i sleep <laughs> <laughs> i love it Matt might be a little weirded out if you know i was like i'm
1: just gonna go sleep in the womb right just going back to the womb back right. to the I mean, uterus Speaking of the
0: womb that's a right. lot today it's a but perfect. Anyways, tell your biohack
1: my biohack is for probably almost a month now I've been taking iron. Wow. Um which I wanted to wait to talk about this till I really like knew what I felt, and I will say I really think it's helped my energy big time. Oh, that's legit. I mean Who's also I'm sleeping baking? again, which is amazing. But so the iron I'm taking, not sponsored, is Divine Nature's the company and What I love about this company, because I don't know if how many of you guys have ever taken iron or heard about it, but a problem a lot of people have is, A, it cannot be absorbed well. B, it can be very constipating for people. Um, But so many people are deficient in iron. It's like a huge problem. So um, his blend for iron, I love because it's all food-based. So if you look at the ingredients, like I'm reading it right now, these are the ingredients, beetroot, nutritional yeast, asparagus, barley, grass, carrot, spinach, and cayenne. Wow, that's I mean, amazing. So you're literally getting it through food, and then your body knows exactly what to do with it, and he throws enzymes in there because, duh. Right. So it's awesome, and I really, really think it's – um helped my energy i mean i'm sure like so many women border on like iron deficient you know so
0: i i think it's a huge problem too and i just think women don't probably eat as much meat as their body needs sometimes and so
1: and then the other sources like everyone can use more grains and stuff like that of iron you know so yeah i'm all about it so yeah divine nature it's called nature's iron
0: wow i like it okay cool how many are you taking a day
1: i take two a day
0: okay two a day yep. that's the dose folks
1: yeah it says on the thing three but i don't know i mean you know i like get everything the muscle, muscle test. tested so yeah two
0: right okay love it Yep. great i mean are you ready to dive into this bad boy i'm ready i mean do you feel like you're gonna experience it all over again I mean, no I think it's been okay. long enough
1: <laughs> The scars like, have I'm healed guys I'm like, oh boy Yeah
0: Okay Alright, well let's First off, tell us when Quinn was born Like when? What was the date she was born And when did you start going into labor? The
1: date of her birth So Quinn was born at 4.06am On January 21st, 2019 Okay and when I really started labor, that was a Monday when I really started labor, was Saturday the 19th.
0: Right. And how did you know you were in labor?
1: Um, I mean, I remember I was like on the fa- I mean, part of it is for some women, it's very confusing because a lot of people have what's called Braxton Hicks contractions, which are like fake contractions baby contractions Mm -hmm. um and you can have those all throughout your pregnancy which basically is like your uterus preparing for that so they'll feel like a little cramping or like a little zing here or there but it's like not actual labor right and like i said some women experience that from like the time they're 20 weeks pregnant they like feel it here and there so it's like normal for me i never had any of that zero so I woke up on that Saturday and started feeling some cramping and I was like yeah I definitely think this might be early labor because I was only like days away from my due date right Um, which I have to say this anyone that is pregnant or thinking about being pregnant do not even like care about your due date it's really like your due month so that doesn't mean much like the re- the average first time mother actually delivers your due date is 40 weeks the average first time mom delivers at 41 and a half wow so yeah 41 weeks 3 days is the average so wow. and i was convinced i was going to be like quote late there's no really late but past my due date i was like oh she's cozy in there i'm not feeling anything like i got time and then we'll talk about this but the full moon eclipse comes in and that changed everything so (laughs) there that is we were like eclipse baby yeah i was like oh there she is so i woke up feeling this little bit of cramping but it was like not intense at all and it was very irregular like i would feel it nothing for like an hour and a half then i'd feel it again but it felt to me like a menstrual cramp like i would feel like um you know cramping down like low in my belly for like i don't know 15 20 seconds and then it would be gone so i was like something's happening but i also knew it could be braxton hicks like i could be like that for two weeks right so i did not think anything of it the only person i told was um dr Carrie jacobson who i work with um it was a saturday and we were both working in the office and i was like just so you know like this is happening and she's like I really think it's early labor too, um, but I was like, "Do you not told tell. me too?" Oh, of Let's course I real. told you. I did not even tell Justin. Be- what? No, he had no idea. <laughs> I didn't tell you this. No, I knew he'd freak out. Because oh I, my gosh, that's I was so like, funny. I really thought I had a lot of time, and I mean, I did. I, she wasn't born for two days, but I was like, this could go on for weeks. I, Justin was already a mess. Like the friday the day before he (laughs) finished his like he had a six-week paternity leave which was amazing so he had just started his leave like he it would not be helpful for me to tell him that and i just knew that oh that's really nice and same thing with my office like they were like cray cray i they had a whole written like game plan of what to do if i went into labor at the office And I was like, you guys, I'm, like, 10 minutes from the hospital, from the office. Like, I am not going to start contractions and the baby is shooting out of me in five minutes. Like, it will be okay.
0: Oh, my gosh. Unless you're my sister. Yeah. And then uh, maybe.
1: So I told um, Dr. Carey, but I was like, please don't tell anyone. Like, I'm coming to work. It's fine. Like, it's super irregular. It's not even, like close it wasn't even painful i would say it was just like a sensation um so i didn't tell anyone and i worked the whole day and then and justin drove me to work because there was like a horrible snowstorm oh right and then he like picked me up the weather was like horrific the week i gave birth in chicago <laughs> oh
0: my god at least it wasn't during the polar vortex
1: right that was the week after we were home and like cozy that and could have been
0: yeah you were like in the house cozy so yeah. When did you, so I know, you know, we talked about before your birth team. So when did you let your doula know?
1: I contacted the doula, I think like that afternoon when I was like, okay, these have been happening like every hour or two all day long. This probably means something at this point. Um, So I want to say like near the end of my work day, the afternoon, I reached out to her. We were just texting back and forth and, you know, my doula was basically like, just keep me updated. But, like, everything was crazy because my doula, who I, like, loved, (laughs) all this stuff went down, like, with my birth. But she, her mom had just gotten admitted to the hospital. Oh, jeez. And was, like, so she was, like, now, she had a backup who I'd also met. So when we did, like, an in-person, like, birth plan meeting, um, like a month before my due date she also brought the backup doula who's also fabulous and was like right should anything happen like you know this is so and so she'll be working with you Um, and I felt totally confident I loved her I knew anyone she recommended would be like great but the funny thing is I actually ended up working with like the backups backup because uh-huh. the backup was traveling <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So I didn't even work with my doula, but honestly, I didn't even care. Whatever. I just wanted someone there to, like, support me. Um, right. But so I was texting with Grace, who was my original doula, and Jessica, who was the backup backup. Like, we were on, like, a three-way thread, and I would send her, like, I used an app to track my contractions, and I would send her screenshots of it, like, this is what's happening. Um. And so they know. They're like, oh, it's still super early, but... Um. Yeah, so I was keeping in touch with her from, like, a few hours in. Wow.
0: that's it's How cool is that you can just, like, text now? I know.
1: It's amazing.
0: I mean, it's pretty amazing. And then what comfort measures did you utilize?
1: In early labor? I mean, like, when I was at work and stuff, nothing. I was just whatever. Distracted. But, <laughs> yeah. And I honestly think probably being at work, like, slowed it down. Um, oh I'm sure Because I wasn't like relaxing Because as soon as I got home I remember we sat down to eat And maybe this is like something that happens When you're about to like give birth But I had this craving And Justin made these like amazing um, Like homemade nachos Like that's what we had for dinner Like who does that? It Pregnant people amazing. Um, And so we like sat down We're like eating nachos And I was like Justin this is it We're like for sure having a baby And he was like what? Like he he was so funny. He's like, I really wanted like a couple days after my leave. And I was like, Well, that's not happening. Like, we're right. probably gonna be going to the hospital Sucks in the next few suck. hours. I was like, Yeah, here we go. <laughs> so funny. But so after I got home from work and really relaxed and like ate, then things started progressing more and at home the biggest thing for me was I was in the tub for probably at least six hours straight. Um wow. Because I'm a bath person, like, heat and warmth is, like, very soothing to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, I, like, hung out in there. I'd, like, empty half of it, kept filling it back up. And I was just, like, in the tub, like, mm-hmm. literally all night long, pretty much.
0: Wow. And then did the doula come to your home? And, like, how did that
1: work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was keeping in touch with her, like, all throughout the night. Um, I didn't sleep at all. And... So I would reach out, I don't know, every hour to check in. And her whole thing was like, whenever you feel like you need my support, I will be there, which is great. And I would definitely say for people looking for like a doula to make sure that's the case, that they don't have some weird like when contractions are this and this, then I'll come because I could have wanted her support like way earlier, you know. Um, But her whole thing was like, if you feel like you're managing it okay and you don't need the extra support, then cool. But as soon as you want me, um, I'm there. Right. Um, So I was really able to manage like early labor very well on my own. But I hugely attribute that to um, doing uh, hypnotherapy with Andrea, which you guys will be able to listen to um, her episode. I actually interviewed her for the podcast. But. Um, hypnobirthing and I had hypnosis recordings for her specifically for me to help um, labor and I just literally had those playing on loop and I was in the tub and just like I was not even I was so in the zone I mean that's pretty amazing it was pretty legit I like felt like yeah I'm like rocking this Um, and honestly I would say it like wasn't that bad to be totally honest but so I would say it was around like five thirty in the morning i was initially like you know what i think i'm still good like we'll hold off and then within like a half hour or so the contractions just got way more intense and i was right. like just kidding i think you should come <laughs> i was <laughs> like we're reaching a new level and the tub's not totally cutting it anymore and so by i want to say like 6 30 a.m she was at the house okay so that's when she came in person
0: And then what kind of stuff did she do with you?
1: I mean, having a doula is so amazing. Like in hindsight, maybe I would have had her come earlier, but I don't know. Um, Her big role, and it was great, she helped like Justin help me. So she would tell him like, for me, like hip squeezes, what they do is like hold either sides of your hip and squeeze like as hard as they can. That is unbelievable. Like I would feel zero pain when that was happening. That's amazing. It was amazing. So she would like show Justin, she would have me like try different positions. Like, okay, let's kneel and like hold onto the couch or let's like do a loop around the house. Like, you know, put one leg up on this. Like she was just, I mean, so much of what they do, I think is really kind of just like, it plays with your nervous system. It distracts you from the pain to change up positions and stuff like that. And we had so many other tools that we didn't use. Like I had a, e-stim machine like ready to go because some people swear by that like putting that on your back but I never used it yeah um, for me the hip squeezes were like the biggest thing by far wow. and like moving That's like I would like sway my hips and whatever like I didn't really like the ball a lot of people like bounce on an exercise ball that didn't really feel good to me so the big thing I would say is to have all these things available because you never know in the moment what your body's gonna respond to Right. Because um, things I thought I would love, I was like, eh. But I knew I would love the bath, and that was for sure true.
0: Well, that's amazing. I mean, I think part of it is, like, you just know what also brings you comfort and relaxation. And
1: uh-huh.
0: Yeah, no matter that's what it's all range, about. It's like, those you, are big
1: tools. Yeah, you want to be in as relaxed of a state as possible. Because um, that's how, like, you're going to dilate and open the easiest
0: Right. Well, let's go to what was in your hospital bag, because I feel like everyone's hospital bag is very different. But
1: what yeah. was in yours? Oh, man. I the amount of stuff I brought to the hospital was like borderline embarrassing. <laughs> I, <laughs> but that was the advice from my doula, which I was actually so grateful for. She's like, bring everything. Who cares? Then you have everything to choose from. If you don't use 90 percent of it, whatever. But you want like everything possible. So I took, I mean, if anyone wants, you can email Coffee with the Docs at Gmail. I, like, saved my list. If anyone wants it, I can send it to you. But I'll speak to more of the stuff that I actually used. Um, I used, we brought a diffuser and essential oils, which that was awesome. Just something about, for me at least, smell can also be very relaxing mm-hmm. and therapeutic. So... I mean, you know me, I would, like, muscle test and, like, diffuse whatever (laughs) would be supportive. Um, So we had that going from, like, right when we got there in the labor room. Um, Diffusing oils. I had an entire bag full of crystals. I mean, (laughs) duh. (laughs) But, okay, so there's this amazing book called um, Crystal Muse and they actually have a whole page about like crystals that can be supportive in labor and delivery so i just like took that page and got all of the stuff they suggested and like had that in the room so i did use that um music i think was, really
0: quick pause yeah yeah we have we interviewed crystal
1: muse yes, and i believe that that summit
0: interview is on um, youtube and totally free now right yeah for Mind Body Spirit Squad, if any of you guys want to listen to that, they're awesome.
1: Yeah, so you can go to our YouTube channel, Mind Body Spirit Squad. Look it up, and it's with um, their business name is Energy Muse. But the book they had just published at the time was called Crystal yeah. Muse, and it's awesome. It's basically like a cookbook for crystals, so how to use them for different things. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Um, other clutch thing was music was very helpful for me to just like have something else to connect to. Um, So we brought like a little Bluetooth speaker and like Justin played different playlists from his phone. We had like funk going. Like all the nurses were like, "This is like (laughs) the party room. Like this is awesome." Um, Because when I first got there, at least I was in like a pretty good space. I was like, "Yeah, Um, Yeah, I'm good." I brought a ton of snacks uh, because I also didn't know what would feel appetizing to me. Like I'd heard some people like can get really nauseous, but I know like eating. We'll talk more about this later, probably, but eating is so important. Like you're basically going through a marathon. No one would run a marathon without nutrition. Right. Um. So I knew like, even if I didn't feel like it, I needed to be eating.
0: Well, and how great that you can bring the food that you know is going to work for you instead of like relying on what they have there. Right. right. Cause well, we all know that hospital food can be like, wah, wah.
1: and here's the thing. So, I mean, this was like totally like not allowable, but I didn't care and did it anyway. So At most hospitals, they are going to have the rule that when you are admitted, when you check in, you're on clear liquids only. And that was absolutely the case with my hospital, too. But this is where, like, having a doula is amazing. The doulas are like, we'll get you eating. Like, don't worry about it. (laughs) So we just made sure, like, the nurses weren't in or anything. And I had, like, simple, easy snacks, like protein bars. I had the little packets of, like, almond butter, um, like, beef jerky sticks, like, more quick, easy things that I could do. Right. And I had a ton of electrolytes. And, like, that's what I did. Because I wasn't, like, super hungry, but I knew it was important, like, every hour or two to at least have, like, a few bites of something. Right. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Um, let's see. The other thing, I had a lot of clothes, which we'll get to this, but because of how my birth ended up I was really glad like I packed like three or four different outfits of like pajama pants and a robe and like a comfy top um, because I did not end up just being there for one day so I was really glad I just like planned ahead and had like my own clothes instead of like the nasty like hospital counts only yeah
0: for sure okay so when you got to the hospital what did that process
1: look like so when I got to the hospital I was like rip-roaring hardcore into labor like and yeah that is where i would say it was so like i think it should be a requirement to have a doula um because we would have absolutely gone to the hospital so many other times like so much right. earlier especially when you've never had a baby before like i mean it's intense and there were so many times where i was like okay i think maybe we should call because at least in my practice, they want you to call when you're at a certain point, And basically, they'll tell you when to come in. Right. Because I think so many women go too early, even by medical standards.
0: That's really interesting. I think it's just like the process gets kind of scary and you know how it goes. Well,
1: for sure. And you kind of get
0: like in your head about stuff and it's like, oh, my gosh, let's just go. And... Right.
1: Well, and they tell you, like my practice said, I can't even remember now, but I think it was like when contractions have been... Um, like a couple minutes apart for like more than two hours it was something like that then they're like then call us and we'll talk to you see how you're doing and like we'll determine if you should come in or not my duo right. was like no screw that like I know based off of how you sound and how you're feeling and how you look like usually it's far later that you actually have to go in especially if you're delivering for the first time Because now this is based on what your preference is. My preference going into labor was to go as long as possible at home. If it's your preference to be at the hospital earlier, then like this would not be the case for you. Right. But it was important to me. I wanted to like get there like (laughs) the last lap. Right. Exactly. Um, Like I wanted to cut it close because I wanted the least amount of interventions possible. Um. So, when I got to the hospital, I mean, I was literally, like, waddling in there. I mean, it was, like, those scenes from the movies, like, in the car. We're in my husband's, like, Jeep Wrangler. So, it's, like, so bumpy and rough, right? And it's, like, me and Justin in the front. The doula's in the back. And I'm, like, <gasps> like get there. Like, it was totally, like, from a movie. I'm waddling into labor and delivery. Like, stop halfway down the hallway. I'm, like full-on, like, like, contracting. And the doula's, like, squeezing my hips. My husband's running in with, like, 18 duffel bags. Like, it was hilarious. And we get up to the desk, and they're like, wow, you're in labor. And I was like, you think? It's been, like, over 24 hours at this point, really. Oh and, gosh. um, I mean, I was, like, full-on in the zone. And the, so I wasn't even talking. I couldn't even talk at that point. And, nah. the, and the doula was just, like, we need the room with like, cause I really wanted the room with the birthing tub. Cause they okay. have one room at Evanston women's hospital with a birthing tub. And that was like on my list. That was what I wanted. I was like trying to manifest it so hard. And they're like, they're just cleaning it up, whatever, you know, like they need to wipe the floors down and then you guys can get in there. And she's like, I don't think we're going to make it to the birthing tub room. Even like, I was like, I was like, this baby might be coming out of me at this second. Oh and, but finally, they like got it together quick We get in that room I like get changed in the um hospital gown And so I got the room Which was great Woo-hoo. And um, They put like the fetal heart rate monitor On my belly To like you know see where a baby's heart rate was at And me and make sure we were all good I refused the IV So that's one thing they want to do right away Is hook you up to an IV I was like no way I don't want to be hooked up to an IV Like if, God forbid, you need to hook me up, I'm like, then do it then, (laughs) you know? What's Um, in the IV? It's just fluids, but they want the port there. The reason they want to do it right away is so if something were to happen, they need to knock you out. It's an emergency situation. They need to give you antibiotics or medicine of any kind. Then the port's already there like that's why mm-hmm. they want to do it but you have the right to like refuse anything you want and I knew this this is also why it's amazing to have a doula like they know all the protocols so we talked about all this when we formed my birth plan and they're like when you check in they're gonna want to do this 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 what is your preference with those things so like she knew everything so it's so amazing because I did not even have to talk to them like she was my advocate and she was like nope we're that's not doing awesome. IV so it was amazing um, That's great. Yeah. That okay. Was so you're out.
0: all, you decided not to be hooked up. And then, well, I don't know, like what happened then? Like, what did you do to kind of like labor was super intense? Like, right. what were you doing to kind of bring yourself back down and like ground into the room?
1: Yeah. And I definitely think a lot of people say this is true, that it kind of slows down when you transfer to hospital. So that's another reason like a lot of doulas, I think, are more conservative with getting you there because usually it's going to slow down a bit. Like with moving, changing locations, like it's kind of stressful, you know, no matter how zen you are, it's like right. kind of a big deal. Um, so then I was still like trying to be super active. I did not even get on the hospital bed except when they checked me. And when I checked in, I was like eight centimeters dilated already. Um, which for those of you that like might know about this, if you don't like 10 centimeters is full dilation. So I was like 80% there. Um, so I was on my feet. They had me like on an exercise ball. She had me walking around. She had me on my knees, like squatting. I did a lot of squatting, um, uh, you know, to just like use gravity, to help like right. bring the baby down um cause I didn't want to really get in the tub until I really felt like I needed it um and at that point I was feeling pretty good although during contractions a lot I would actually sit and she would push on my knees like towards my body and that was like amazing wow yeah it was weird um So just, like, all different positions. And she was just, like, telling me I was like a chicken, like, on a roaster, like, turning around, like, every different way you could imagine. Um,
0: Wow. And at this point, if you wanted an epidural, like, this is, like, where if mamas are like, okay, I I want intervention, you could have had it. But you chose not to at this point. Yeah,
1: for sure. I definitely, like, could have gotten one if I wanted. Okay. So what are some tips for
0: the partner like to be helpful, like what was Justin doing? So
1: he was basically just like following the doula's orders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which again, like all the more reason for a doula, like she was just, if not more for him than for me. Right. Um, Because I can't imagine like, he wouldn't have known all these like tools um, of like how to best help me. And sometimes she'd be like, go get her ice chips, you know, (laughs) go get her some apple juice. Like, so, I mean, that's where I was just like, listen to the doula listen to me but also like don't listen to me like when i'm like (laughs) i'm not hungry like i'm fine like put a protein bar in my mouth and make me take a bite you know because i think it's like i was so like i was not really there i was completely in a different place right and so i think it's good to have people watching you and being like oh she's like sweating a lot she's probably a little dehydrated like he would just like put the water bottle in my face and be like drink some more water Um, and electrolytes were clutch I like drank so much of that Ultima Replenisher oh I know so good because at some point just like regular water didn't even taste good so having something that like had good flavor was really helpful
0: Right. and then you did end up getting an epidural so how about you tell us about that yeah
1: I absolutely did so uh, the epidural was about 24 hours in. Um, I want to say it was, like, in the evening. Like, we got to the hospital around, like, 10 in the morning. And it was probably around dinner time. Um yeah. I remember I got in the birthing tub. And normally, you know, like, we talked about heat is, like, amazing for me. Like, when I was in earlier labor, like, zero pain when I was in the tub. Like, it's just so comforting and relaxing. I was like, not okay in the top. <laughs> like, I just, I think I just hit the wall of exhaustion. And this is part of what I learned with like the hypnobirthing. It's all mindset, right? So if you are in a good, solid mindset, I did a lot of visualizing the contractions like waves. Like, okay, I just got to get over this wave. And then it goes away. And that really is what contractions are like. For most people, you have that intense feeling or someone describe it as pain. For like 30 to 60 seconds and then it's completely gone for mm-hmm. like two or three minutes or whatever it is or later on in like one minute. So you have a full on break to like relax and get ready for the next one and breathe a little bit. Um, but if you get out of that mindset and if you segue into like fight or flight, mm-hmm. it is your pain threshold is so much lower. Right. And that's really the point I got to, I think more just cause of exhaustion. Right. Uh, cause at this point it had already been like a day and a half. Um, I just hit that wall and like Justin was with me in like the room with the tub and he was just like, you have to do something. And I had told myself from before, before I was in labor, anything like throughout my pregnancy. Cause I did a lot of like thinking and, um, meditating and like planning for how my birth, you know, would go. I had told myself there's a difference between pain and suffering. I am totally fine with experiencing some pain for like an end result. You know, it's just like if you're an athlete, right? I was a swimmer growing up. It is not exactly fun to like sprint for 500 yards. You know, like you're going to go through some pain and serious discomfort to get to that end goal. But at the end, there's a payoff and like it's over. It's a temporary experience. But like unnecessary suffering is was my line. That's where I was like, I'm not okay with it if I'm experiencing unnecessary suffering, because I also wanted to have a beautiful birth experience and be able to be present and enjoy it. And if it was just like suffering and horrible, I was not willing to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and that was the point I got to in the tub. I was like, "Yep, I'm officially suffering now." And I don't. I honestly didn't see how I could like get through the rest of it without some sort of help. Right. Absolutely. So then I was like, "Bring on the epidural!" I was yeah. like all for it. So funny. But I just hit that wall, and I was like, "Yep, this is it." Like. I'm done. And I need to be able to relax and like recharge my batteries a little bit if I'm going to like make it through this.
0: Absolutely. And then how was the epidural? Epidural is amazing. I I mean, mean, was it painful going in? Was it? No. No.
1: The hardest part was staying still when that was happening. Because at this point, I was having contractions like every minute and a half. Right. So you have a very small window <laughs> where there's nothing happening. right? Um, and I had to, it you didn't had to stay now. like perfectly still. Like they're putting a needle in your spine. But I also like needles don't bother me. I don't really care. And at that yeah. point, I was like, bring it on, anesthesiologist. Like whatever you got to do, I don't care. And any like needle prick in comparison to the contractions was like so minimal. Oh, I'm sure. So yeah, the epidural was great. And I was very fortunate that my body responded to it very well. Um, I felt immediate relief. I was able to take like a two hour nap, which was much needed because I've been up for like pr- almost 48 hours at that point already. Right. And um I still had total control of my lower body. Like I oh, wow. could move my legs and everything I could turn around in the bed um, so when I was laboring, like I could, I could be on my hands and knees with like a leg up. They wouldn't let me get out of the bed. Um, but I could totally move around, which was super nice. The only thing that sucks is when you do get an epidural, like no questions asked, you have to get a catheter and you have to get an IV. So yeah. at that point I was like bed bound. Right. Um, but yeah, I was really lucky. I was able to like totally move and all that.
0: Okay, so then what happens next?
1: So what happens next? <laughs> Their hope was that, because part of why this whole spiral happened to me was I was pushing in stuff before the birthing tub and the baby just wasn't descending. But they're like, okay, whatever, she's not ready. You know, like, we need to just, like, labor, you know, through that a little bit longer. And so... um, before the birthing tub the Obion on call came in he was great he's like super old school he was so cute he's like in his 60s maybe even like 70 to deliver Amazing. like thousands and thousands of babies and he did an ultrasound because they were like we just need to check her position and stuff because for me coming in at eight centimeters dilated and so like ready to go it was like weird that it wasn't progressing as right. quickly and so they did an ultrasound and found that her her head was, like, crooked, basically. It was, like, tilted to the side. And it's just, like, how she was in my uterus. And they weren't alarmed about it. Like, she was totally fine. And, you know, my doula was, like, I've dealt with this so many times. And so, you know, basically that's when we were doing all these different positions to try and get her to move. Um, so her head could, like, fit straight through my pelvis. Right. And so, you know, I would have, like, one leg up or I'd be laying on my side to, like, encourage her to move. And she's like, a lot of times, baby will move to the right position. Um, And that just, like, was not the case with me. So after the epidural, we did more pushing and all that. They checked me. She still had not moved. Like, she was still sitting above my um, pelvic bone. Like, she hadn't Mm. started to descend through yet. And so this was, like, but I – but the cool thing was my practice and the OB were very conservative so he was like look keep pushing if you're still feeling it baby's totally fine she's not in distress you're totally fine still like you can keep trying to labor down like you know he's like I've seen crazier things like baby all of a sudden will pop into the right place right so he was like do whatever you want to do because um, of course at this point they were saying like a cesarean is on the table yeah Um, and I was like I want to keep going So I rested a little bit, then started pushing again, Um, and I pushed for, like, three hours. It was cray-cray, but I, like, felt okay. I don't know. It's all the electrolytes or whatever. (laughs) Um, I was, like, doing it, Um, and after three hours of pushing, they came in, the OB came in and checked me because he was also like if baby can get just a little bit farther he could actually reach in rotate her head and she'd come through vaginally right um which is like a pretty common thing for them to do yeah and so we're like okay we just got to get her a little bit farther and it's fine like I was not like panicked at all and they come in and check me and she had not moved like one millimeter and oh I was God. so tired. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, I remember saying when he came and I was like, she better have moved out. <laughs> right. And he's like, she hasn't moved. And he was so cool. Like, and this is why I'm so grateful to have a birth team that I loved because I felt completely in control of my experience. They left everything up to me versus saying, amazing. we're going to do this. Like, right. And so his whole thing was, he's like, look, you guys are both still fine if you want to keep pushing, go for it. But he's like, I've done thousands and thousands of deliveries, (laughs) you know, in my thirty plus years of practice, whatever. Right. And he's like, you know, I'm like a smaller person and his whole thing, he's like, your pelvic outlet is on the petite side. And the angle her head is at, he's like, unless she rotates, it's literally a space issue. Like she is not going to fit through your pelvis. Unless she moves. Um, and he's like, also on top of it, this is like really interesting. I had another girlfriend. This happened too. He's like, your pelvic floor is actually really strong. The muscles are really developed. And that makes the space even smaller. And so he's like, it kind of sucks. You're strong. And it's like kind of to your disadvantage in childbirth to a certain degree. Right. Um, and so he was like, I really don't see her coming out this way. And that right. was enough for me. Like, I was so tired. And I was, like, dying at that point. The epidural is starting to wear off a bit. So I was feeling more pain. The contractions Ugh. were so intense. Like, and you have to push. Like, your body just takes over. So also, remember during this whole, like, time, every 90 seconds, I'm, like, screaming and pushing. So we're right. trying to, like, figure this out. <laughs> it's, like, a disaster. And so he was, like... If it were me, like, you know, I would really consider a Caesarean at this point. This is 33 hours in, by the way. Right. And so also meanwhile, let's not forget this is all during the full moon eclipse in <laughs> January. I had to throw that in there Just because throw that in there. I think that for so sure played into crazy. the crazy. Yeah. Right. And I think she, I don't know, I think she, like, wanted to wait until the eclipse was over. She, like, made it difficult. So, anyway, he was like, do you guys, you guys have plenty of time. Like, you guys are, you know, mom and baby are fine. You guys can talk about it. Think over it. I was like, no, we're doing it. I was like, cut her out of me. That was literally, like, and Justin's like, you don't want to think about it? I was like, no. I At that point, I just wanted her, like, out and safe. I did not care. And I think that's the point I needed to get to because obviously I did not want a cesarean birth. Like, that is not what I would have chosen. Um, but I think I just needed to get to the point where I was like, yep, done. I don't care. I just want my daughter here. And I knew I, I honestly knew I was like too exhausted too. Like, I was just done.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm sure. So I was like, okay. get the
1: anesthesiologist in here. I'm like, numb me. I am done because the contractions were so intense so i was like i'm doing a cesarean let's shut this train down like yeah <laughs> i'm done <laughs> and so was it like a little bit of a grieving period it doesn't really sound like it it sounds I like mean, you were just ready i cried for like maybe 10 seconds yeah <laughs> like my doula was like i think you need to like feel this for a minute <laughs> and I was like like, I mean it's like not what I wanted but let's go and that was about it so how was the operation the operation was absolutely horrible oh I mean like I was ready now I've never experienced an operation so it was like a little traumatic like they literally put me on the little stretcher and they're like wheeling you into the OR. And it's just like the movies with like the crazy lights above your head. There's like all these yeah. big machines. You like see the table there with like the freaking scalpels. Like it's intense. And I did not respond well to the medication they give you at all. So I was like literally shaking. Like I was so cold. Oh. It's, like, they, like, rip your gown open. They're, like, shaving you. It's, like, really crazy. And, like, poor Justin is there. He's got, like, the mask on and everything. And I I remember it was the OB who I loved. And he also had, like, a resident. So he's also, like, teaching this other guy, like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. If I was (laughs) in a better mindset, I probably would have thought it was cool. But I was, like, let's just go. And then they're doing all this like they prick you to make sure you're numb so they're like do you feel this and it's just crazy how fast it happens like you're like they're gonna like cut me open and I mean it's like five or six something like layers of tissue they have to cut through to get to your uterus like it's really crazy and I felt a lot of pain actually during the cesarean okay that's what i was gonna say like what was the
0: part that was horrible because i you know you kind of hear all sorts of different stories like some women just not to freak everyone out or like it really was fine it was like no big deal yeah
1: i think it's how your body responds and like right i think at that point i was probably in such fight or flight i'm sure that didn't help like i was not relaxed and zen i think in the or
0: part of it too was like you had literally been laboring for 33 hours, as opposed to if you would have ended up not saying, I mean, it all happened divinely and how it was supposed to. But if you would have just gotten there and they would have been like, oh, you know, for whatever reason, we need to do a C-section right now. It probably your body would have been in a much different place. A
1: different place. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was completely depleted on like every level. But I think it's also how your body responds to the medication. Like I keep I kept telling them to turn off the pain medication because I could literally feel them, like, in my insides. Oof. And I remember I kept being like, ouch, ouch. Like, it hurt. And I was not prepared for that. I thought I would have, like, zero feeling. And I remember them telling me, like, tell us if you're feeling pain. Like, we can adjust the medication, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that was not fun. It's crazy how fast they get the baby out. Like, before I knew it, they were like, okay, look up. And, like, Justin lifted my head up. And, like, there she was. She, like, screamed (sighs) right away and, like, and then the hardest part for me was after she came out, it felt like an eternity that they took to stitch me back up because they have to stitch back every layer. That I, like, did not even think about. And I was like, are you guys done yet? Like, that really sucked. Well, you probably also just wanted to hold your baby. A thousand percent. And I was like, thank goodness. Like, so Justin took her right away. He, like... Held her, he like brought her over to me so I could see her. Like, and what sucked is if you're in a good space, they'll let you hold the baby, even like on the operating table when they're stitching you back up. But I was like shaking so badly, I couldn't hold her. And so that sucked. But like, Justin had her and he went up with her, like to the nursery and stuff. They go and like weigh them and give them a quick exam and whatever. Um, So he was like with her the whole time And I was like no you go with the baby Like I'll be fine Because my like good wives were there And they were with me the whole time And they were like amazing Oh my gosh Wow
0: Okay so what happens First like 24 hours after birth
1: Well so right after When they were done like stitching me up And all of that This is what sucked the worst I had to be in like a stupid Janky recovery room for two hours so, Justin was with me for most of that, because, like, the baby was, like, fine. She's sleeping in the nursery, whatever. Um, and that was, like, the longest two hours ever, but they want to monitor you, obviously, like, right after surgery. Right. Um, before I could go up to my room. So, like, I literally didn't get to hold Quinn for, like, four hours after she was born. Oh, I was, like, that's so hard. Me? Like, so that was the longest two hours ever, because I honestly was, like, fine. Um... So that sucked. But then once we got to the room, they brought the baby in. And then, I mean, for me at least, it was totally like they say, you're just in like blissed out baby land. Like I was so tired. I was falling asleep sitting up, but I was like "Oh my gosh, so happy. Yeah. I love that. And then we were so just So how like, long were you in the
0: hospital for? Yeah,
1: I mean, then we were just in the hospital. We were there, I mean, from start to finish, it was five days. But it's, like, three full days after a cesarean is the hospital I was at. Like, that's how long they want you to stay. So, like, we went in Sunday, and I went home Thursday. And I pushed to go home a day early. They would have had me stay another day. And I was, like, get me out of here. I'm
0: good. Time to go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then how did you recover from your C-section? Like, are there any tips you have for other women who have this done, too, just to, like, help with recovery?
1: Yeah. I mean, my tips are, A, there's a time and a place for western medicine stay ahead of the pain and take the pain medication they give you because i was all like i don't want to take drugs you know and so i would like try and take less and then i would be like dying so just take the meds and i only needed them for like two days after i got home and then i was done um like i was fine but, like, those few days right after in the hospital and stuff, like, do what you're supposed to do. Like, there's a reason. I think a lot of times we take a cesarean birth lightly because it is so common. But you had major surgery, like, on your abdomen. Um, right. And so, for me, I had to keep reminding myself that, to like, take it easy. You did just have surgery. Like, it's kind of a big deal. Right. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. but the other thing that helped is I just moved as soon as possible like I convinced them they were like because I wanted to get that stupid IV out and catheter out because you're bed bound until that happens and I knew how important it was to like get moving and so they were like okay well you have to show us that you can like get up and go to the bathroom by yourself and get back in your bed three times before we can like take you off all this stuff I was oh like gosh. okay so I was like annoying I literally like just chugged a ton of water and like every five minutes was like ringing the nurse thing and I was like all right I'm ready <laughs> like let's go again <laughs> I did it like three times in two hours and then they were like okay you're good oh my so gosh. like in under two hours I was off all that stuff um and like doing laps around the maternity ward Because I knew how important that was just like for healing and to get your muscles engaged again and the swelling out like the swelling is unbelievable if you get a cesarean like my legs were like elephant legs and I had no swelling my entire pregnancy and so it would like my feet didn't even fit in my slippers I brought it was like not okay (laughs) so like that's definitely a tip like i would say bring a pair of compression socks to the hospital because you never know and i had to like amazon prime them in a snowstorm so i went without them for like three days and if i could have put those suckers on like immediately it would have been really helpful because it's painful too to be that swollen
0: right so i'm assuming just like feeling physically aside from being swollen like how else did you feel Ugh. well
1: I mean, your body changes so drastically. Like you were just hugely pregnant and then it's like gone. Right. Um. So I just felt like I felt very inflamed. I felt like puffy everywhere. Like it's gross. You still feel like you're like 20 weeks pregnant. Like you still have like a big belly. Right. It takes a long time for your uterus to catch up and like shrink down
0: yeah
1: um and i just felt so exhausted i mean like taking a shower was like so amazing and like putting on different clothes oh my God, um but... i felt like so weak i mean i did not feel great for the first like week after for sure
0: yeah i mean it's so much to go through yeah and then i'm sure your hormones too are just like Oof. bizarre
1: i mean woof That I was not prepared for, you know, you hear like, oh, then your hormones like go crazy and it's like nuts and blah, blah. But I never understood that like some women with their monthly cycles kind of experience that like emotional hormonal stuff, you know, like they're like, oh, I just want to like punch everyone around my cycle or I like cry at everything. I never had that ever. And Mm -hmm. so I was not prepared for like not having control of my emotions like It is like people say like that immediate postpartum is so wild. I mean, and it's definitely hormonal. Like I would just like cry all the time and I wouldn't have a reason. I'm like, I'm not even like sad, but I think it's just your hormones shift so drastically, so fast and you let alone, you have this huge life change overnight. And like, it's like, you'll just be like weepy. You know, and I think part of it is kind of like grieving your old life. You're like, you're like, what is this now? Like, we have this baby and you can't figure out your baby. You're like trying to like get to know your baby and how to soothe them and comfort them. And like Quinn was like a screamer. Um, So I remember like in those early days, she would be crying and I'd be holding her and crying. And we're both just like, like, it's wild. But that's all the reason why like it's so important in that immediate postpartum period to just be like so cared for because for me it was like everything outside of like caring for Quinn was so overwhelming like that was like all I had the capacity to do so like let people help you would be like a big piece of advice for me
0: yeah absolutely I mean I think it's just so much in the beginning and so you wouldn't say because you know some women talk about having like postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety yeah You wouldn't really say you experienced that or would you?
1: I would say, I mean, the typical presentation of like postpartum depression actually kicks in a while later. It's more typically like three or four months in. Mm. And it's more labeled by like you're having like really negative thoughts about yourself or your baby. Like you're contemplating Mm -hmm. like potentially like harming yourself or your baby. And Mm. like that definitely did not happen to me but I think it's like totally normal to have to experience the emotions of depression or anxiety immediately postpartum and like that, they call the quote baby blues, um, which I think, I mean, everyone I've known has experienced on some level. So I would say what I experienced was more normal, but I absolutely had at times feelings of depression or, or me way more so anxiety of just like very overwhelmed and like, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life? Like, it was just like so overwhelming for me because those early days you were like caring for that baby 24-7. Like, we felt like we had no idea what we were doing. Like, it's intense. And also I would say for me it was very much like the highest of highs and the lows. Like, I say all this and at the same time it was like we were so happy and joyful too. Oh my it's just gosh.
0: like this big milkshake of like every emotion. I mean, I just think it's so interesting because so many women have so many different experiences after. And I know in practice we see a lot of this too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're like, I mean, I feel like it's just like severe adrenal fatigue, like after right. everything you've gone through and now oh, you're not yeah. sleeping. And
1: your body is so taxed. But, and I also learned like, I think we also need to, like, normalize these feelings because I would say from a practitioner standpoint and, like, seminars I've attended and stuff, it's kind of been the mindset of, like, any postpartum emotions like that are, like, adrenal and thyroid problems, right? Like, your hormones are tanking. So if you just fix that, mom feels great. And you know what? In hindsight, I think that's a bunch of BS.
0: Mm -hmm. I believe
1: it's totally normal to feel those emotions and we need to normalize that and not that's just as bad as western medicine like treating it like it's a problem to fix like i also think it's a hundred percent normal after giving birth to have all these emotions and feelings and it doesn't mean you're like super imbalanced or have a problem you know what i mean
0: like yeah, i also absolutely. just think we need
1: to like honor that motherhood transition and that it's hard and just right. because you feel that way doesn't mean like you have a problem medically. Yeah. And
0: something's wrong and we need to like label it as this, like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to hurt somebody or right. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's just move into breastfeeding. Like how did that go? So, I mean, it's just so funny. Like I think women have like all these different things. They are like maybe apprehensive about or like looking forward to like I don't know what my issue is with like future breastfeeding I'm like so excited about it
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I it's in my great. dreams it's so yeah. bizarre like <laughs> I mean you're
0: so like, breastfeeding
1: <laughs> yeah woof. I mean for me for me I think honestly it's just like I had to learn the lesson again and again and again that nothing was gonna go as I planned yeah and once I kind of accepted that like things calmed down but so breastfeeding for me was very difficult um in the in the beginning my biggest piece of advice would be for anyone out there that's pregnant that um breastfeeding is part of their goal Mm
0: -hmm. is to
1: find a wonderful well-vetted lactation consultant because they are not all the same and do not all have the same skill set find one Mm. that is first in diagnosing and catching tongue and lip ties Um, I went through three different lactation consultants till one actually phone consult actually confirmed that that's what was going on for me. The other three like totally dismissed it as normal. And I just knew for me, breastfeeding was incredibly painful Um, to the and everyone says like, yeah, I mean, in the initially it can be uncomfortable and a bit painful, like your body has to get used to it and it is what it is. But I just knew intuitively, I was like, something is wrong. Like, I should not be, I would literally be like sobbing, breastfeeding Quinn. Um, mm. And I was like, I kind of think I have a higher pain threshold. Like, this is not normal. And I finally thank goodness, Dr. Carrie, who I talked about earlier, her mother-in-law was actually lactation consultant for like over 30 years. Like, she's amazing. And I literally got on the phone with her. And in five minutes of just talking about what I was experiencing, she's like, your baby's got a tongue tie for sure. And possibly a lip tie she's like get to a pediatric dentist get evaluated um and i had done a lot of research too about this because it's a lot more common than people realize and i had a feeling that's what was happening too but we went to all these people even a pediatrician who specialized in tongue ties and she was like i mean she might have a tie but i don't think you need to get it revised. Basically, their solution was, like, keep practicing. And this was, like, three weeks into breastfeeding. And I was, like, keep practicing is not an answer. Like, I was ready to just go to formula because she was, like, Quinn was so upset. Right. Because she wasn't getting enough milk was the issue. Um, And we went in and did what's called a weighted feed where they weigh the baby before. Then you breastfeed them, like, a full feeding. Then they weigh them after to see how much milk they're transferring. Um, And essentially queen was transferring zero milk in like 45 minutes of feeding and they're like oh you know just like keep trying i'm like no what keep trying what is that um but the problem is by western medical standards a lot of the time if the baby is okay on their growth chart they're like it's fine it's no big deal and i was like Mm -hmm. i don't care if she's still gaining a little bit of weight like this is not normal um and so I found a recommendation for a great pediatric dentist. Got in as soon as we could. And literally within one minute, she's like, this is like a severe tongue and lip tie. Wow. And she was like, I cannot believe this was not caught. And I was like, I know, right? Like, I knew it. Like, I felt so validated just, like, going there. Um, Literally, 20-second procedure. They do it with a laser. There's no bleeding. Of course, there's a little bit of pain, but whatever. They bring her back boom, she latched perfectly for the first time in, like, almost a month. Oh, my gosh. It was absolutely the best thing we ever did. And we could easily do a whole episode on tongue and lip ties, but it can affect so much more than even their feeding down the line. It can affect their speech. It can affect how their teeth grow in, if they grow in straight or not. It affects their breathing. Like, it's so – I'm a huge proponent of, like – if you're giving birth, have someone that has a ton of experience in tongue and lip tie come look at your baby because even if they're latching well, and this was Quinn's case, like, her latch looked fine. So everyone was like, she's great. Um, It doesn't mean they're effectively feeding. And the sooner you get that revise, it's, like, no big deal to revise it when they're really little. So... I, I would definitely suggest that don't just go with the hospital lactation consultants. Like have someone come to your home who's really versed in that. Because it bet, all the difference I, for That us. is
0: way more common than people anticipate. Oh, too. it's
1: it's kind of like miscarriage. You know, there's no great way to have a great statistic because not every baby gets checked for it. But a lot of people have it. Like I learned this from a, the research I did. Anyone that has like that gap between their front teeth, That's Mm -hmm. a lip tie. That's why their teeth grow in that way. Because that's so fascinating. Separates them. Right. Whoa. And the more they're revising, like they're revising obviously more babies now. um, Because it's more of a recent development. Um, They're just finding how common it is. And the more research I did, because a lot of people, a lot of lactation consultants, this is why I say find one that's an expert in this um a lot of lactation consultants err on the side of less intervention so they're gonna say like hey if baby's transferring milk okay like that wasn't the case for Quinn but if they're feeding all right and everything's fine and they have the range of motion like there's no reason to revise it so you've got to really this is something I'd recommend thinking about before the baby's born like where you stand on this for me the more research i did the more i realized how many other things it can affect like they're even linking it towards like add and adhd because like it affects your breathing and they get less oxygen to the brain like it's crazy um oh, wow. i was like you know what if it's there i want to revise it because it's so not a big deal to revise it when they're infants but as you get older like if you're uh, <laughs> in grade school or a teenager and even an adult it's a, like a bigger procedure and a bigger deal to get it done
0: oh that's so awesome that you were able to like figure out that so early on yeah
1: i was so and save happy yourself we like got... a major headache yeah and also then it like saved my breastfeeding relationship with quinn like i was able to breastfeed her um you know till like now um because we got that revision otherwise she sh- for sure would have had to been like bottle and formula fed right
0: oh my gosh amazing mm-hmm. Well, that's definitely a good recommendation to, like, make sure you find a really good lactation consultant. I'm, like, so passionate about that
1: now because, like, we went through the ringer with, like, multiples, so.
0: Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, Abby, thank you so much for
1: sharing. You're welcome. All of this. Totally. It was good for me to go back and, like, think about how everything went because I have this baby journal that I've someone gifted me which is like great and so I just like went through everything because it has you right about you know the birth of course and all that and so it was all like refreshed in my mind yeah no oh. that's perfect
0: and I think it's really helpful like you said for more women to talk about this process and like what's going on and what is like that a lot of this stuff is probably just normal and it's not that you know something wrong is happening or you're you know you yeah, like you need to rush or... to your
1: doctor whatever like it's all yeah. part of the journey yeah mm-hmm.
0: awesome well thank you for all of that and if anybody's interested in your <laughs> list that you keep updating of all the things <laughs> to bring to the hospital they can email us but also just any other questions or topic suggestions? We're still taking that, uh, especially now for 2019, or I'm sorry, 2020, right? Because we're pretty yes, much good for 2019. Right. Yep. So, um, and thank you everyone who's left us reviews or sent us like text messages and emails just that they are loving what they're listening to. Like that means a lot. So, thank you for doing that. Yeah, and if you haven't left us a review, review, we'd love it. Yeah. All right. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye.